Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, on True Social, Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 22nd of July, 2023, and the title of today's show is World War II Ends, Weaponization, Censorship and Indictments, Actors in Charge. So I'm going to start again, as I have been doing in the previous shows, with a Ben Fulford report from this week. It was put out on Monday, of course, so it's not completely up to date. And as I was reading it, I was thinking some of this just feels very different from what we're seeing, even in the alternative news. So once again, I would urge you to use your discernment in terms of what you feel is accurate in his reports. But it does give us a different perspective on things that aren't covered, as I said, in in other alternative news. So as I say, uh, use your discernment, decide what you feel resonant with and discard the rest. You know, we have to do that every day with everything that we read because there's so much propaganda out there. It's, it gets very difficult to be able to differentiate between what is real and what is not. But it's a good exercise, actually, in tuning into your intuition and, you know, picking out the the real from the unreal. So um, the title is World War II Ends as Nazi Faction Finally Defeated. The big NATO meeting in Vilnius, Lithuania last week marked the real end of World War II and the final defeat of the Nazis, according to British MI6, Russian FSB and Mossad sources. This means the Khazarian Mafia, also known as Sabbatean Frankist Jews, have been defeated in their plan to kill 90% of humanity. However, the KM faction that wants to turn this planet into a giant animal farm ruled by, quote, a good shepherd, end quote, remains to be defeated. As the saying goes, the sheep spends his life in fear of the wolf, but it is the shepherd who kills him. This means that while the genocide has been called off, the battle against digital slavery continues. From a bloodline perspective, this battle has been between the British faction headed by Queen Elizabeth II and the German Nazi faction related to Adolf Hitler. Hitler's relatives include former German Chancellor Angela Merkel, Hillary Clinton Rockefeller and Barack Obama. As with the official end of World War II in 1945, we have to thank the Russians. Their total victory over the Nazi regime in Ukraine ended the centuries-old KM plan, that's Khazarian Mafia plan, to restore the ancient satanic kingdom of Khazaria and rule the world from there. People in the West know this too. A Twitter poll of British politician David Corton showed 77.5% of voters would prefer to be led by Putin. Note that Biden can't even get 5%, but somehow got 80 million votes in 2020. And it's a screenshot in a poll of 65,959 people. 77.5% said they would prefer President Putin as leader over Biden, Sunak or Trudeau. And that was David Curtin's Twitter post. So then he shows an image of Zelensky 
being publicly shunned by Jen Stoltenberg, the head of NATO and other NATO leaders. This makes Zelensky a dead man walking. And then in an interview, Zelensky sounds like a defeated head coach at the end of a football season, who, speaking in the past tense, says, you gave us huge support. I want to thank all Americans who understand. This defeat prompted a U.S. State Department spokesman to say, we believe the war has been a strategic failure for Ukraine. The reporter replies, don't you mean a strategic failure for Russia? And the spokesman says, I'm sorry, excuse me, a strategic failure for Ukraine. Thank you for the correction. Even Vincenzo Mazzara from the fascist P3 Freemasons admits the NATO summit in Vilnius was the beginning of the end of Western unity on the Ukrainian conflict. Fortunately for Russia, China and the rest of the world, including Europe and probably Ukraine as well, this endeavour is unequivocally failing. No matter what NATO does, it will fail. There is no way to reverse this process, chimes in Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Alexander Grushko. The US military agrees Zelensky is in this extraordinarily desperate situation He is disintegrating. His forces are in ruins. Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed for nothing. There is no leadership in the White House. We are in the hands of a man who is not entirely mentally stable. Increasingly, we are becoming a third world country. Somebody needs to be fired. Obviously, we know the man at the top needs to go away. The rest of these people, they need to be held accountable says Colonel Douglas McGregor, the de facto leader of the US military White Hats. More importantly, just like the Nuremberg war crimes trials followed the first Nazi defeat at the end of World War II, new war crimes trials are inevitable. Remember, the Russian government has presented exhaustive evidence at the UN over the past 18 months proving the US-funded biological weapons production at laboratories in Ukraine. In particular, the Russian military has accused Joe Biden, or rather his Rockefeller Nazi puppet masters, of orchestrating bioweapons production through his Ukraine-based biolab company, Metabiota. And he's got Joe Biden in quotes, i.e. it's not the real Joe Biden, as we very well know. As a condition for peace... Russia is demanding and is now about to get a UN Security Council investigation of crimes against humanity via violations of the Biological Weapons Treaty. This is punishable by death. In case you didn't connect the dots, the Russian military action against Ukraine put an end to the release of new variants of COVID-19. And he includes a clip of Russian General Igor Kirillov brief the public on the U.S. Biological Warfare Network and Hunter Biden's Metabiota. Evidence is also being presented in the West. A systematic review of 325 autopsies showing COVID-19 vaccination caused or significantly contributed to 74% of deaths was removed without good reason from the Lancet's preprint SSRN server within 24 hours adding to an increasing number of censored studies on the potential harms of COVID-19 vaccines. These clumsy cover-up attempts are failing as even magazines like Science now admit to evidence of vaccine damage. Meanwhile, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. addressed the elephant in the living room when he tweeted the US and other governments are developing ethnically targeted bioweapons. A 2021 study of the COVID-19 virus shows it appears to disproportionately affect certain races. The Furin Cleave docking site is most compatible with blacks and Caucasians and least compatible with ethnic Chinese, Finns and Ashkenazi Jews. In that sense, it serves as a kind of proof of concept for ethnically targeted bioweapons. 
Now, since this um, statement by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he's been attacked as being anti-Semitic and a whole load of other accusations which um, he had to face when he testified or spoke to the committee uh, investigating censorship. And I'm going to be covering that a little bit later. This confirms the KM Neocons project for a new America Century report calling ethnic-specific bioweapons a useful political tool. That is one of the many reasons why the KM is going to be taken down hard. The Khazarian mafia, with nowhere left to hide, have tried a coup d'etat in Israel in an attempt to turn that country into a modern-day Masada where they plan to fight to the bitter end. This prompted a schism with non-Satanic Jews. Even the New York Times posted an editorial by Thomas Friedman saying, when the interests and values of a US government and an Israeli government diverge this much, a reassessment of relations is inevitable. More importantly, would-be Israeli god-king Benjamin Netanyahu collapsed after his attempted seizure of power in Israel. News reports say he's in the hospital recovering from heat stroke, but Mossad sources say the BB story is not what is being portrayed in the mainstream media. He had a stroke and is currently out of public view. The extent of the damage is not yet known. What is being shown are CGIs and doubles. Meanwhile, Israeli protesters blocked highways and converged on the Tel Aviv airport Tuesday, stepping up resistance to the hard-right government's judicial overhaul package opponents say threatens democracy. Regime change in Israel is looking inevitable. Similar things are happening in Europe. In Germany, the strongly supported far-right alternative for Germany, AFD, is making the controlled dissolution of the EU one of its key targets for the upcoming European elections. It is also calling to dissolve the EU monetary union and restore the Deutschmark. Both Austria and Hungary are also in support of such moves. In other words, the situation in Central Europe is moving back to the way it was before World War I with strong German and Austro-Hungarian allies in control. So this is good news. It seems like the countries are turning against the EU, which was actually set up as a follow-on to, you know, the Nazi control of Europe and uh, had very nefarious intentions. In France, meanwhile, former head of France's DGSE counterintelligence agency, Pierre Brochon, warns of the looming threat of civil war. If we do nothing or if we do little, we are going to head either towards a progressive implosion of social trust in France, towards confrontations that will make France a country where one will not be able to live at all. In everyone's eyes, we are now the sick man of the continent, the Security Council, the G7 and the G20. The situation has reached the point where 74% of French people now think there are too many immigrants in their country and 62% want France to disobey EU treaties and EU law to stop immigration. And I do believe that immigration is the Achilles heel of the EU because Hungary has said they're not going to comply with these um, demands for migrants into the various EU countries. And again, you know, the UK is up in arms about the unrestricted immigration, illegal immigration by people coming over in dinghies from France, despite the fact that apparently the, not sure if it was Sunak or the previous prime minister, paid um, France millions of dollars to supposedly halt this flood of immigrants, which, um, you know, they're still coming over in droves. So I do believe this is a major turning point where countries are just saying, no, we've had enough of this. The British, in quote, victors, end quote, meanwhile, propose keeping NATO military contractors happy 
with a plan to turn Germany into a key logistical hub for a 300,000-man army. They promised to spread gravy with increased production of ammunition and heavy weapons. In their plan, Germany, Great Britain and Canada will protect Lithuania, Estonia and Latvia. The Polish government, for its part, is having wet dreams over a revived Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. Another big prize will be the rebuilding of the Ukraine. The defeated Zelensky signed contracts that turn over vast stretches of Ukraine, some of the most fertile farmland in the world, to BlackRock. Now that his faction has lost, a lot of those contracts will be null and void. The British hope to cash in instead and use the money to buy friends in Central Europe, MI6 sources say. Meanwhile, back at the US ranch, the government is visibly falling apart. One sign of this is increasingly erratic behaviour by the current, in quote, leaders, end quote. First, we saw the fake Mars Biden raise eyebrows as he was filmed nibbling and sniffing on a baby Finnish girl. Then so-called Vice President Kamala Harris says, when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. They have good reason to be mentally unstable. For one, FBI Director Ray confirmed Joe Biden is under criminal investigation for Ukrainian bribes before trying to backpedal after realising what he disclosed. And then Ray squirmed as Representative Matt Gates and enters Hunter Biden's smoking gun WhatsApp message into congressional record, then exposes Ray about it under oath during testimony. You seem deeply uncurious about it, almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Speaking about protecting the Bidens, the DOJ removed international sex trafficking of minors as an area of concern, just as the anti-child trafficking film Sound of Freedom dominates the box office. We also saw an author named Mike Rothschild on CNN saying the film is created out of a, quote, moral panic, end quote, and, quote, QAnon concepts, end quote. These criminals are so desperate for access to children, to torture, to harvest adrenaline that they are now going after vaccine-damaged autistic children, according to Polish intelligence sources. They say Dutch doctors have found a, quote, cure for autism. It is euthanasia. How many more satanic rituals will the KM throw in the people's faces before they are arrested, tried and executed? A Mossad source asks. Justice is moving forward. For example, last week, Florida Attorney General has called on Mark Zuckerberg, Rockefeller, to testify before the Human Trafficking Council. The other thing that's happening is a complete collapse of the social order in the U.S., in the latest example, the Washington, D.C. Council voted on July 11th to pass an emergency public safety bill granting judges and law enforcement officials more power. This was a response to homicides, sexual abuse, robberies, violent crime, theft and arson going up 17, 35, 52, 33, 117 and 300% respectively during the past year from already record high levels, according to the Metropolitan Police Department data. This crime wave is not restricted to mainly black areas like Washington, D.C. In mostly white Washington state, for example, homicides are up 96%, an all-time high compared to 2019. This is only going to get worse as the recent hike in interest rates pushes more and more Americans into financial desperation. In just one example, it's probably the worst period for auto insurers it's been in 30 years at least, said Neil Aldridge, chief executive of the industry body National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. This sort of trend is reflected right across the country in sectors of the economy. 
That is why cash-strapped Americans are panic-searching porn shop near me. The search trend spiked to a record high at the start of July. Economic collapse notwithstanding, the KM still does not plan to go quietly into the night. They are pushing to remain in control with digital censorship, central bank digital currencies and totalitarianism justified by climate change. The digital dictatorship push started with an attack on Twitter. The brief window of freedom of the press scene there is being shut down with people like Jewish liberation fighter Henry Makov and Catholic freedom fighter Archbishop Carlo Vigano having their accounts shut. An insider told the rumour mill newsroom that new algos have been put in place. They are deleting posts, deleting accounts and keeping track of how many posts per account, etc. Those accounts are now stifled. Twitter won't last much longer. In the EU, meanwhile, the Digital Services Act becomes law on August 25th. The usual lingo is that it's about keeping you, quote, safe on larger platforms, but it's simply about allowing Brussels to police so-called hate speech and disinformation even more. And it's got a screenshot from Der Standard, network blocking. EU Digital Commissioner wants to block social media in the event of social unrest. Platforms like Twitter or TikTok could be completely blocked under the Digital Services Act, says the EU Digital Commissioner. This crackdown on digital truth is coinciding with a worldwide push for programmable central bank digital currencies. According to Polish intelligence, the World Economic Forum is telling governments to brace for billions of social credit prisoners as spy laws are passed around the world. The WEF has quietly gained backdoor access to billions of mobile phones in a plot to create blacklists of users who hold politically incorrect views and use wrong words. According to a person familiar with the WEF, these blacklists of the so-called regrettables will be used to assign people a social credit score ahead of the official introduction of the social credit system and CBDCs in the next few years. CBDCs are a cashless system with no privacy in transactions and the ability to shut down the buying power of individuals and groups at will. It's a totalitarian's dream scenario. The BIS itself says in a new type of financial market infrastructure, money or assets become executable objects that are maintained on programmable platforms. This is happening all over the world now. In Nigeria, they are destroying banknotes for this purpose. Russia's central bank digital currency project, the digital ruble, will be backed by gold, but it will still give them the ability to turn that gold off. France and India have also now agreed to use India's Unified Payments Interface, UPI, payment mechanism. Indian tourists will be able to make payments in rupees, through UPI in the Eiffel Tower, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi said. Presumably, if the tourists misbehave, this ability will be stopped. Stand strong. Never let them remove cash. In the rest of the West, climate change doom and gloom is being pushed to promote this agenda. That's why they started all the fires in Canada. Now they're talking about a record heat wave. Check out the colour overlay of doom on the weather chart below. Yes, summers are hot in Spain. Last year, the colour overlay was barely red when it reached 45 degrees in Madrid. Now it's a scorching violet at only 36. The sheep are so easily fooled. What is happening is that now that the genocidal Nazi faction of the KM has been defeated... The global warming faction is going on an all-out offensive to try to grab trillions of dollars. And he includes a video of John Kerry speaking to Biden, in quotes, (laughs) as not real Biden, a fake-looking King Charles and a room full of trillion-dollar investors about accelerating climate change. And I don't believe King Charles is the real King Charles either. 
Just in time for this event, German police have again been unable to stop climate activists from stopping air traffic by gluing themselves to the runways. In an airport, every door has codes, all entrances are strictly controlled, and security is everywhere, military, dogs, etc. Then how does a woman stick to the runway? Who let her in? In any case, it's all based on lies. CO2 levels are now lower than they have been for more than 95% of Earth's history. But you'll never know if you listen to all those who profit from the lie that the Earth will soon become too hot for life and that CO2 will be higher than in the entire history of the Earth, said Patrick Moore, co-founder of Greenpeace. Almost all commercial greenhouse growers around the world buy CO2 to inject into their greenhouses to increase yields. The climate change pandemic and hoax are the ways they can achieve both greater control and destruction of the current economic system through lockdowns, fines, carbon taxes and more regulation while they print money like there's no tomorrow to generate devastating inflation. This all leads to higher prices and less economic power for the masses. They have to make sure they put us in a blind, desperate position to make sure we accept their meagre universal basic income. They try to shut us down, change our eating habits, prevent us from travelling, kill cows and switch to inefficient forms of energy, all in the name of 0.04% carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which happens to be the main building block of life on this planet. Real experts say we're about one degree centigrade above the coldest it's been in the last 2,000 years. Dr. John F. Clauser, a joint recipient of the 2022 Nobel Prize in Physics, has criticised the climate emergency narrative, calling it a dangerous corruption of science that threatens the world's economy and the well-being of billions of people. On a final otherworldly note, Polish intelligence says otherworldly mast energy consumption ships have been detected harvesting human energy from the places of assembly like stadiums, churches, hospitals, concerts, etc. And people still pay for it. I don't know if this is true, but certainly privately owned central banks are acting metaphorically like these energy consumption ships by sucking the life energy out of us with money created out of nothing. Let's shoot them down. So there you have it. That was Ben's report for the week. I'm now going to cover a couple of Forbidden Knowledge TV reports because they're very good at, at covering several topics in one report, Sim similar but not the same as Ben, but similar format is what I meant. And this relates to what I included in the title about weaponization, censorship and so on. And the title of this report is Collapse of the Corruptocrats. And this was published yesterday. This week, the various House Republican oversight hearings featured many incredible dramatic moments. I'm not sure how fictional drama is supposed to compete with these incredible show trials happening in reality. No wonder the Writers Guild is on strike. You've probably already seen a lot of the highlights, but a few moments stood out as very worthy of mention. First, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. of the celebrated Democrat political dynasty testified before the House Select Subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government about the extreme censorship around the origins of COVID-19 and the experimental vax that was and still is being exerted by the censorship industrial complex. He also described how he was dragged kicking and screaming into his vaccine safety advocacy by the mothers of vaccine-injured children, which he half-jokingly says was the worst career decision I have ever made. In other words, it was a bad decision because of the endless disparagement that he's since endured at the hands of the complex of big pharma corporations, federal agencies, NGOs and social media companies, and now his own party, 
who have deplatformed him and who take your tax dollars and profit off of the violation of the First Amendment rights of hundreds of millions of Americans. For decades, the Kennedys were considered the royalty of the Democrat Party, but today we see the chairman of the DNC claiming that Robert Kennedy's candidacy is actually a right-wing plot. For the record, RFK's campaign manager is Dennis Kucinich, the far-left former congressman from Ohio. All of Kennedy's positions remain solidly Democrat, or what used to be called Democrat, before the party was completely overwhelmed by Marxist globalists and Chinese agents who are trying to collapse the United States. But before Kennedy could even open his mouth at the hearing, the first thing all of the Democrat House members at the hearing did was to order a vote to shut down his testimony and to turn off the cameras and to take the hearing behind closed doors. They literally voted to censor RFK Jr. during the hearing on censorship. By the way... The so-called disparaging comments RFK was accused of by Debbie Wasserman Schultz and also by the entire international fake news complex from the UK Guardian to NBC refers to an NIH study entitled ACE2 Coding Variants in Different Populations and Their Potential Impact on SARS-CoV-2 Binding Affinity, which Kennedy had cited at a dinner table conversation that was filmed without his knowledge and then posted online, causing all of this bogus outrage about him now suddenly being a racist. It's an obvious psyop. In the surreptitiously recorded comments, Kennedy was referring to this study's findings about the ACE2 receptors of different genetic groups and how those groups possessing the ACE2 K26R mutation had a decreased electrostatic attraction with the SARS-CoV-2 virus and therefore lower infection rates. The study notes that this ACE2 K26R mutation is, quote, most frequent in the Ashkenazi Jewish population, end quote. The mutation is also frequent in East Asian populations and in Finland, which Kennedy had mentioned as well. The study also found that other mutations seen in other ethnic groups increase this electrostatic attraction and infection. Quoting again from the abstract of the study, those variants are most frequent in East Asian, South Asian, African and African American, European, European and South Asian populations, respectively. Needless to say, RFK was pissed off by this outrageous slander. Then Breitbart News Politics editor Emma Jo Morris testified Thursday morning before the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government about the censorship of her reporting on the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from hell shortly before the 2020 presidential election. Emma Jo broke the Hunter Biden laptop story while she was the deputy politics editor at the New York Post, and she burst out laughing at the hearing as she recalled how Politico published the open letter from 50 former U.S. intelligence officials claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. This bogus letter was then used as the excuse to deplatform millions of Americans on social media for even discussing Hunter Biden's laptop in one of the most egregious episodes of censorship and election interference in United States history. Prior to her positions at Breitbart and at The Post, the Montreal native was a producer on Hannity for three years. That she has managed to do all of this by the age of 32 is remarkable and it will be fascinating to see where her career takes her next. We also had the big reveal of IRS agent Joseph Ziegler, a second IRS whistleblower and a self-described gay Democrat who stepped forward Wednesday alleging a cover-up in the criminal investigation of President Biden's son Hunter. Ziegler worked on the investigation since it opened in 2018 and was joined by his supervisory agent, Gary Shapley, who oversaw the probe since January 2020. 
Ziegler revealed that Hunter Biden did not report any of his income from Burisma Holdings in 2014 to the IRS and that Delaware Attorney General David Weiss deliberately allowed the statute of limitations to expire on that case. Therefore, Hunter will never have to pay the millions in back taxes that he owes from his criminal income. Then, to cap off a brilliant day, Chuck Grassley released the infamous FD-1023 form, the confidential human source reporting document that revealed that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden allegedly coerced Burisma CEO Mikola Shlochevsky to pay them millions of dollars in exchange for their help in getting the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating the company fired. Grassley said he released the document so that the American people can, quote, read this document for themselves without the filter of politicians or bureaucrats, end quote. Friendly reminder, Bill Barr knew about everything going on in the Hunter Biden investigation and that he did nothing about it. Wayne Root hit another one out of the park in his screed on Friday, responding to these crazy events unfolding before our eyes. He writes, It's all out in the open now. Everyone can see Joe Biden is the most corrupt human to ever sit in the White House. He stole tens of millions of dollars as vice president. He extorted and accepted money from companies and countries around the globe. His son Hunter was the bagman. Joe was the big guy who got a large piece of every dirty deal, every bribe, and then, like Al Capone, he cheated on his taxes. Biden hid the money in 20 shell companies and in offshore bank accounts and paid little or no taxes on all that dirty money. Biden makes Al Capone and the Gambino crime family look like amateur pickpockets. But you're missing the real story. What did Obama know and when did he know it? Obama was president when all this went on. Obama was in charge when Biden was robbing us blind. Obama oversaw all this crime, corruption, extortion and tax fraud. Obama was president when his vice president's son ran around the world on a one-man crime and sex spree. When Hunter Biden acted like he represented the United States government while snorting coke and smoking crack off hookers' backs, while having sex with underage girls, while filming it all and putting it on his laptop, opening the entire United States to blackmail. And do you think Obama didn't know about any of this? Obama was oblivious to the crimes being committed by his vice president. Obama didn't know about the non-stop extortion racket going on right under his nose. Obama didn't know about Hunter's escapades and the blackmail danger he was putting our country in. No one in the Secret Service told Obama what they were seeing. Not one of Obama's aides noticed that his vice president was crooked or that his son was a one-man gangster and sex fiend representing the US all over the world. Obama never heard a word about Burisma. Obama didn't know his VP's son was on the board of a foreign company while Biden was extorting the president of Ukraine by withholding $1 billion of U.S. foreign aid in order to force him to fire the prosecutor investigating his son's company. No alarm bells were ringing in the White House. No one in the DOJ or FBI ever warned Obama about what was going on with his vice president. His Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, was also selling out the United States all over the globe, selling her influence, using her offshore Clinton Foundation to launder bribes, also paying no taxes and recording all her crimes along with classified documents on an illegal personal server where she also communicated to her boss, President Obama. Obama never noticed any of this. No little birdie whispered to him about all these crimes being committed by his two most important underlings. Both Hillary and Joe Biden were protected from prosecution by Obama's DOJ and Obama's FBI. And Obama didn't give the orders to look the other way. And when the Obama administration decided to spy on Trump and his presidential campaign, no one told Obama 
No one asked for Obama's approval before committing treason by wiretapping the Republican presidential nominee. Just to interject us for a second, Clapper actually briefed Obama on what Hillary Clinton was doing, trying to frame Trump as being a Russian asset using the Steele dossier. Anyway, continuing... Folks, either you believe Obama is a fool, the dumbest and most clueless moron to ever occupy the White House, and Obama knew nothing, Obama saw nothing, Obama heard nothing, Obama is a clone of Sergeant Schultz on Hogan's Heroes, or you're starting to understand that Obama was the mastermind, Obama was the tutti di capo, the ultimate big guy, the boss of bosses. And all this crime, corruption, extortion and treason was carried out with Obama's approval and permission. All these world-class criminals, traitors and useful idiots were working for Obama, were following Obama's plan and carrying out Obama's orders and were protected by Obama's DOJ and Obama's FBI. And it's Obama right now still giving the orders. Biden is a brain-dead puppet with dementia and diapers. Half the time, this halfwit doesn't know where he is or who he is. The CEO of Burisma said Hunter was dumber than his dog. Where do you think Hunter got that from? He's a chip off the old block. Hunter is as dumb as a box of rocks, simply because his father Joe is as dumb as a box of rocks. Two useful idiots. You don't have to be a genius or a brain surgeon to figure out I-A-B-O. It's always been Obama. Obama was the mastermind then. Obama is the mastermind now. What did Obama know and when did he know it? He knew everything because he was the guy giving the orders. I agree with Wayne Root up till this last statement. I think Obama is an administrator of the deep state, which by definition means that he is a puppet of the people in Europe at the Bank for International Settlements, who control the emission of currencies worldwide and who currently want to microchip you with their new central bank digital currency, just like Aaron Russo told us all back in 2007. But it's true that Obama appointed about 8,000 communists to work in our bureaucracy and to destroy our country from within. And the first thing Trump is going to do when he gets back into power is to fire or to prosecute them all time to brush off your resume because the US government is going to need to hire patriots. And I just want to remind people about what Obama said about his being the only scandal-free presidency. (laughs) You've got to laugh at these people. The way that these globalist plan has worked over the decades was by us not knowing about them or their plan. The most important thing to do now is to expose their lies that they use to control us, starting with their most important lie about climate change. On his substack, the second smartest guy in the world reported on the recent declaration that has been far too long in coming by over 1,500 scientists, many of them Nobel Prize recipients, who have all signed the World Climate Declaration. Hopefully it's better late than never. He writes, readers of this substack appreciate that in 1968, the One World Government created the Club of Rome. This technocratic node, along with the WEF, UN, CFR, Rockefeller Crime Syndicate, and various captured governments, would promote the Climate Fear Project in order to convince humanity that they are responsible for all things weather. By duping the population into believing such anti-science nonsense, society would live in a perpetual state of self-loathing and fear. This would allow for all those that trust the PSYOP to be far more easily controlled. Think pandemic, death facts, child sex reassignment surgeries, etc. And have a far greater propensity to not reproduce. The World Climate Declaration reads, there is no climate emergency. A global network of over 1,501 scientists and professionals has prepared this urgent message. Climate science should be less political, while climate policies should be more scientific. 
scientists should openly address uncertainties and exaggerations in their predictions of global warming, while politicians should dispassionately count the real costs as well as the imagined benefits of their policy measures. Natural as well as anthropogenic factors cause warming. The geological archive reveals that Earth's climate has varied as long as the planet has existed, with natural cold and warm phases. The Little Ice Age ended as recently as 1850. Therefore, it's no surprise that we now are experiencing a period of warming. Warming is far slower than predicted. The world has warmed significantly less than predicted by IPCC on the basis of modelled anthropogenic forcing. The gap between the real world and the modelled world tells us that we are far from understanding climate change. Climate policy relies on inadequate models. Climate models have many shortcomings and are not remotely plausible as global policy tools. They blow up the effect of greenhouse gases such as CO2. In addition, they ignore the fact that enriching the atmosphere with CO2 is beneficial. CO2 is plant food, the basis of all life on Earth. CO2 is not a pollutant, it's essential to all life on Earth. Photosynthesis is a blessing. More CO2 is beneficial for nature, greening the Earth. Additional CO2 in the air has promoted growth in global plant biomass. It is also good for agriculture, increasing the yields of crops worldwide. Global warming has not increased natural disasters. There is no statistical evidence that global warming is intensifying hurricanes, floods, droughts and such like natural disasters or making them more frequent. However, there is ample evidence that CO2 mitigation measures are as damaging as they are costly. Climate policy must respect scientific and economic realities. There is no climate emergency. Therefore, there is no cause for panic and alarm. We strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policy proposed for 2050. If better approaches emerge, and they certainly will, we have ample time to reflect and readapt. The aim of global policy should be prosperity for all by providing reliable and affordable energy at all times. In a prosperous society, men and women are well-educated, birth rates are low, and people care about their environment. Epilogue. The World Climate Declaration has brought a large variety of competent scientists together from all over the world. The considerable knowledge and experience of this group is indispensable in reaching a balanced, dispassionate and competent view of climate change. From now onward, the group is going to function as Global Climate Intelligence Group. The Clintel Group will give solicited and unsolicited advice on climate change and energy transition to governments and companies worldwide. That this group has come forward is perhaps the best news of the year and the most important message of our times. Hopefully their efforts are not too little too late. I just want to um, point out another example of the weaponization of the DOJ and so on and so forth and other federal organizations. The Customs and Border Patrol have reassigned a whistleblower following his oversight testimony. This was published yesterday by Town Hall. Um, it's no secret that the Biden administration's border policy has been a boon to lawless cartels and devastating for Americans. Still, as Republicans in Congress work to get to the bottom of who made decisions and how policies were implemented, has needed and benefited from whistleblowers within the federal agencies charged with securing the United States, such as Customs and Border Protection. But now in a new letter from House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer and House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Mark Green, it appears the Biden administration may have engaged in retaliation against one CBP whistleblower who was revealing the truth about how President Biden and others in his administration have botched border policy.
the committees have received an allegation from a credible whistleblower with extensive experience in and knowledge of CBP personnel practices within hours of concluding a voluntary transcribed interview with the Committee on Oversight and Accountability and the Committee on Homeland Security on July 12, 2023, Gregory K. Bovino, Chief Patrol Agent of the El Centro Border Patrol Sector, was relieved of his command over the El Centro Sector and reassigned to a vague, indefinite and temporary headquarters assignment. And while the Bidens seem to be getting off pretty scot-free of all their criminal activities, Trump received a letter stating he is the target of a January 6th investigation. And this was the Epoch Times reporting um, on the 18th of July. It was updated the 19th. Former President Donald Trump said that he received a letter on July 16th informing him that he is a target of the special counsel investigation of the January 6th Capitol breach. Mr. Trump said the Sunday letter from special counsel Jack Smith gave him four days to report to a grand jury. In a message posted on his social media platform, True Social, on July 18th, the former president suggested that the short deadline may mean he would be arrested and indicted. Mr. Trump called the letter horrifying news for our country and framed it with the backdrop of the two other indictments he's facing amid a heated presidential re-election campaign in which he is dominating the GOP field. Um, But it was reported that this is only strengthening his lead in the polls, that he's getting more and more support because of this very obvious witch hunt that is going on against him. They're obviously so scared of this guy that they'll do anything to try and prevent him from returning to the White House and finishing the job of draining this horrendous swamp. Talking of nominations for um, the presidential run, um, Tucker Carlson's speech at Turning Point USA last Saturday was an absolute classic. If you can find the link to it, I would really encourage you to watch it because it was brilliant and it completely destroyed Mike Pence's attempt to gain the um, Republican Party nomination when he said that the destruction of American cities was not his concern. He was more concerned with Ukraine and sending more tanks. And Tucker also destroyed this whole farce around the cocaine found in the White House, saying, we all know who it is. It's obviously got to be Hunter. So, yeah, it was a brilliant speech. It's about 40 minutes, I think, but definitely worth the listen and very entertaining, I must say. So I'm going to finish off with um, the last item on the agenda, which is the claim that actors are in charge in this administration. And this is again from Forbidden Knowledge TV. And the title is Todd Callender, Our Entire Government Are Actors. Attorney Todd Callender joins Seth Holhouse of Man in America after having examined the oaths of office of all of the Biden appointees and finding that they are all botched. He says the consequence of this is that every act that they did is void, as if they never happened. And I'd heard a claim about this some time before. So it's interesting to see this being reported on again. Are there any acts by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin that you would like to see voided, such as vaccine mandates and military members, or illegal wars not approved by Congress? How about Attorney General Merrick Garland? Is there anything he's done that you'd like to see voided? Todd has filed a quo waranto writ with the U.S. Attorney of Washington, D.C., to challenge them to prove these bureaucrats' right to hold public office. Todd's legal team originally stumbled onto this phenomenon while litigating against local school board officials in Colorado for their malfeasance during the COVID hoax. That's when they discovered that about half of these officials did not have oaths of office that were valid. Under US Code 5 subsection 3331, 
presidential appointees are required to sign an oath of office in addition to an affidavit, U.S. Code subsection 3332, that swears that they did not bribe anyone to obtain the post, nor will they sell their office. These documents must be notarized. When they FOIA'd the oath of office of the Biden regime's Secretary of Defense, they were stonewalled. Only nine months later did they receive a defective one. As the FOIA requests of other Brandon appointees began to arrive from the Departments of the Treasury and Transportation, they were told that the requested oaths of office could not be found. In many cases, the departments didn't even answer them. In the case of Pete Buttigieg, they received a letter from the Department of Transportation saying they didn't have a copy of his oath of office, but they included a YouTube link to a video of him swearing his oath. The Department of Treasury similarly responded that there was no written oath of office for Janet Yellen. Of the ones they did receive, they were lacking appointment dates and or they were not notarized, making them void, even if they were signed, which is the case of Merrick Garland's oath of office. Todd says there's no notarial stamp, there's no expiration date of his commission, and there's no appointment date which tells him that U.S. Attorney General is not officially doing his job. Todd says it's statistically impossible for all of them to be defective, and yet it is so. What does that tell you about the government that's running our country right now? Todd believes they received legal counsel to not sign these documents. If you were prosecuting somebody for treason, there are elements to that crime that you would have to prove. One of those is the person you're prosecuting has a duty. How does one demonstrate that duty? That's what this oath is about. They are affirming their duty. They're recognizing it, saying, yes, I agree to it. Here's my signature. Here's the notary to prove that this is my affidavit. With this being deficient, without it being effective, I think they actually have a defense as to whether their conduct is treasonous. Todd's law partner, Ken Ferguson, says this now becomes an either-or equation. Either this is treason or this is impersonating a federal official. In the case of Merrick Garland, he's impersonating a law enforcement officer, which is a crime. Todd's quo warranto is petitioning the DOJ to terminate all of these appointees, to void all of their official actions and to restore previous office holders whose oaths are in order until competent replacements can be lawfully appointed. If these appointees don't have a fully executed oath of office, then they're not serving the American people. And the question becomes, who are they? And the hundreds, if not thousands, who were appointed underneath them, who are they serving? This is especially pertinent as we see the World Health Organization's International Health Regulations amendments are usurping control of our public health. If they're not there lawfully, we shouldn't be following their regulations. So I've said many times before on the show that, um, you know, this is really a blessing to see all the exposure of this corruption, of weaponization, of the witch hunts going after President Trump and the basic unlaw the lawlessness of this administration. We're seeing more and more evidence of the criminality of the Biden family and certainly more than enough to warrant an impeachment of Joe Biden and of some of his other appointees as well, particularly, you know, in this failure to secure the border. And the people of the world are waking up to the fact that their governments are actually corrupt and are not working in the best interests of the people. So this is good because more and more people are waking up and we see it on Twitter. It's happening in the US and has been for some time, especially since the 2020 election. It's happening in the UK as it has for some time with the installment or installation of Rishi Sunak. It's happening in the EU there was a recent Trust and Freedom, I think the event was, with Andrew Bridgen. And I think her name was Fiona Hine that were talking about 
the extent of the damage that these so-called vaccines have done to people. So this is very, very encouraging in my view. Yes, we're not quite sure what we have to do to stop all this, but I think it's evident that people are waking up to it and it can't go on. So that's all I have time for. Got to run. And I hope you'll join me next week for another Cosmic Creating show. Thank you to Nancy for producing and Derek Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio. So until next time, stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw. Updating Current Reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.